Hey there, this is John from pureandsimplebible.com coming to you live from my brand new studio in my backyard. Finally, it's taken months and months. Started in February, I thought it was going to take two weeks. It ended up taking about four months. But now I'm in the space that I've designed to make these podcasts as well as start to make a lot more videos and content available on the website to help minister to Christians sharing the gospel and help others know who are seeking to find out that Jesus, uh, who he is and what he's done. Today I'd like to share with you a special message from a great friend of mine. His name is Daniel Rodriguez. He works with a Iglesia de Cristo, a Church of Christ that speaks Spanish in the Houston area. Danny, Danny I call him, Daniel has been a great friend of mine uh, for a long time. I'd say for the past 20 years or so we've been good friends and I'm really thankful for what he does for the kingdom. He's brought a special message today about the problem of biblical illiteracy and some of the solutions to it and how we can work towards being a biblically literate people. Let's jump right into the conversation. Uh, I'm here with Daniel, and uh, Daniel is a good friend of mine. How long do you think we've known each other? 10, 20 years? A long yeah, time. A long time, yeah, since... Uh, since we were teenagers. For sure. And I mean, we're, we're not teenagers anymore, haven't been for a while. <laughs> no, we have kids, a <laughs> wife, and... Um, right, our kids are going to be teenagers before too long, so, actually, another... Five years for me. So, How many for you until you're, you have a teenager? So what is it? Eight to 13, five more years. excited for you to join me on this. Oh, thank and you. I, I asked you to bring um, a study that you felt would be helpful to teach the gospel in a pure and simple way. And you shared one with me on the problem of biblical literacy, or rather biblical illiteracy. Yes. And so I guess my first question for you would be, what is that? Well, how would you explain what biblical illiteracy is to somebody that's never heard that term before? Yes, well, uh, th th thank you for having me. Uh, really, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. And I, I think this is a great, great evangelistical outreach for those that listened uh, for within the church, but also for those who are still curious about learning more about Jesus, learning more about God. So, so excellent, excellent evangelistical outreach. God bless this outreach, and God bless you. Thank you. And, and your, your family. And in, in, in Mexico, there's this guy who was very famous called Cantinflas. Cantinflas became a very, very famous individual in, in, in the country of Mexico. He would do a comedy. and mm -hmm. Well, he made a movie uh, called... Uh, illiteracy okay the illiteracy he had a uncle who left him a fortune but well before he died he made his testament and all and gave it to Cantinflas and but Cantinflas couldn't read he <laughs> he didn't know he didn't know that uh, what the testament uh, said he learned how to read he learned the basics of grammar he learned uh, how to how to understand what he was uh, the, what his uncle have has left him right and, and, and sure enough it was a big fortune it was it was a, a lot of money uh, pesos uh, <laughs> in, in Mexico of sure. course sure and and so we see how from knowing nothing who which is being illiterate and not knowing his benefits, not knowing his blessings, not knowing uncle had left him, 
then to knowing how to read, mm-hmm. understand, mm-hmm. and bringing that joy to his face when he reads the words, you know, uh, to my son, Cantinflas, I leave, and he was understanding every word, and then right. he he comes to the understanding that I leave tons of pesos to him. I mean, his face changes. <laughs> his face becomes joy because he could understand. Right. So the connection I'm making is that uh, there was a document that had some very special information, but it meant absolutely nothing to him Correct. when he couldn't read. And then after he gained this valuable skill, suddenly the document uh, changed his life. Uh, naturally, that is leading me to probably the conclusion that you're wanting to achieve is, okay, well, the Bible is the document with the greatest source of riches and information for it. But for somebody who is illiterate biblically, mm-hmm. um, they're not going to know what it contains. And so... Uh, is this a problem that that uh, only people have who can't read? Or what about people who maybe can read but are still biblically illiterate? I mean, how, how bad is the problem? Yes. Well, we understand that biblical illiteracy, it is a, a spiritual uh, deficiency. Okay. Uh, and so they could probably understand what they read but per se but in practice then they understand it in a way that might do harm to them because as we know the bible tells us that in, in the scriptures or the bible is like a sword a two-edged edged sword right so someone who doesn't know uh-huh. it won't defend him it won't help him but also on the other, uh, on the flip side of the of the of the coin, it could damage them in in that way. That's true. You know, I think about you know, an instrument in the hands of a professional, like a doctor with mm-hmm. the scalpel, is mm-hmm. works wonder and is able to save lives. But a scalpel in the hand of somebody who's not a doctor oh. uh, mm-hmm. can cause a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And we are seeking to use the sword of the Lord with great care. Sure. And uh, so if somebody's not biblically literate, then they're going to do harm to themselves and to others. Um, I, I was looking at some of the uh, information that you shared with me earlier, some of the statistics. Would you just share a couple of those real quick? I think it might be helpful for others to know how uh, big or broad this problem is. Yes, I was reading some polls among uh, those that consider themselves religious and in in one half, uh, according to that poll, said that one half uh, could name just one of the four gospels. Mm-hmm. Um, Two thirds couldn't identify the person who delivered the Sermon on the Mount, and and you know some believe it was Billy Graham. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you and I, so you and I are are, are laughing at that because yes. we understand who. Uh, really preach the Sermon on the Mount, and therefore it is a joke. But for somebody who's not biblically literate, you know, they're, they're, they don't understand the joke. Yes. And it yes. becomes kind of, well, it really becomes sad. Yes. It becomes sad because they're missing out on the greatest yes. teacher, the greatest sermon there is. That's right. Um, yes. I know that it's not just those who maybe uh, consider themselves religious, but also in the Lord's Church even. There are those who don't know their Bible the way they should, but... Let me ask you this. 
has it is this kind of a new problem? I mean, are we are we scared about biblical illiteracy because this generation is the only one that's potentially illiterate, or is this a problem for God's people from generations past? Well, we we know there is no doubt uh, a problem within our generation, within our society, uh-huh. uh, the world that we live in. Uh, there's uh, this theologian called David Gibson who who said, you know, that the, the Bible is the American Americans' favorite unopened text. America's favorite unopened text. unopened text. <laughs> okay, and we we see that because of what the consequences of not being uh, uh, biblically literate, right? Of knowing uh, what the Bible says when we have the basis, the foundation, that is the Bible, when we have the Bible as the foundation, then everything in our society, then it'll, it'll work out. Right. You know, less crime. Uh-huh. Uh, it'll be less of, of what we see in the news. Uh-huh. Now, like I said, it'll be less. Correct. Not totally lost. Right. Or gone. Because this takes me to the, to the question that you were ask, answering me. Is, is there a time in, in, in even God's people, you know, that in God's people, that um, biblical illiteracy has, ha, has happened? Uh-huh. I believe so. When we go into the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures, and we go to the prophet, uh, in fact, many, many prophets were sent uh, to the, uh, the nation of Israel to encourage the, pe- the people of Israel to turn back from their evil ways, to encourage them, to exhort them, you know, and to tell them to, to come back to the Almighty God. Right. One of them was uh, the prophet Hosea. Uh-huh. You know, that's an interesting prophet because in Hosea, in chapter 7, we see all the wickedness that was going on in that, uh, in that moment of time. We're talking about the eighth century before Christ. Right. Okay. In that moment, the the God had told Hosea to go and talk to the people of Israel for him. And so here he comes. Here comes a prophet going, walking straight up to the nation of Israel, talking mo- most pro- probably to the elders that were sitting at the gates of, you know, of every city. So he, we would think, and I could imagine that maybe he would go to city after city, city mm-hmm. after city, take, talking to them, give, bringing the same message. Right. Why? Well, this is what he saw in, in, in chapter 7, Hosea, chapter 7, starting from verse 1. You know, he saw a world similar similar to the world that we see today. In verse 1, he saw that they were uh, had uncovered wickedness. They, they, they didn't have shame, in other words. They, right. they were uncovered uh, with wickedness. They, they were stealing. Verse 2, the Bible tells us that uh, they had also forgotten. You know, it gives the idea that they had forgotten that God was looking, uh, watching over them looking at their actions sounds a lot like our country exactly <laughs> and yet it's yes. eight centuries before jesus was here imagine could you imagine that i right. mean well human the humans have been you know right over and over there's nothing new under the sun that's right human so, nature is always the same mm-hmm. yes i like in yes. hosea chapter four 
verse 1, verse 6 are a couple good examples as well. But just uh, verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge or because of a lack of knowledge. So that, that idea of biblical illiteracy is a destructive force. This, this isn't just, you know, um, it, it's not the preacher or your uh, mom or dad or some, some older person scolding you saying, you'd better read that Bible you know, every day or, or otherwise you're going to be unlucky. Mm-hmm. The, the Bible's warning us that when we practice, or rather when we don't practice biblical literacy of reading and understanding and applying, the consequences are very destructive mm-hmm. for us personally, but also mm-hmm. for our, our, our community as well. Um, I'd like to ask you about in the church specifically, biblical literacy. And I, I want to talk about... Um, whenever we don't have qualified Bible teachers, yes. how that can be, uh, I guess it can lead towards biblical literacy. Talk, talk with us a little bit about uh, that idea, about the need for good, solid teaching in our congregations, not just on a Sunday morning. You know, we kind of think that's the, the, that's the big service, right? right? But, you know, when we have a, a worship service, maybe Sunday evening and, and in our midweek worship as well, uh, these are great opportunities to teach others the truth, but maybe sometimes they're not taken seriously, those opportunities. So comment on that for a little bit. If not careful, and yes, I think that's a condition, if not careful, uh, because according to the scriptures there in First Timothy, chapter mm-hmm. 1, verse 7, you know, Paul writes to this young preacher, young, young evangelist, he puts them in Ephesus. And so we see the church at Ephesus being a uh, 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 um, members who were Jew, Jews first, and then they turn into Christ, Christians. And so, but also we see Gentiles right. becoming Christians, and so we have a mixture of uh, membership. And and this evangelist is there to help them, to exhort them. But Paul tells this young man in verse seven, there in the first book of Timothy, chapter one, verse seven, that there were going to be some desiring to be teachers of the law. But he says, understanding neither what they say, nor the things which they affirm. It was a challenge right, for Timothy to first note those and look and see who were those that were not with the understanding. In other words, with biblical illiteracy. And it kind of snowballs, you know, mm-hmm. the problem grows and grows. Mm-hmm. Um, a phrase that I have heard is, Biblical illiteracy breeds spiritual ignorance. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? that? That's right. That's right. It is because sometimes of our negligence. When we when we do not put, you know, we don't find that time to read the Bible. We don't find it important enough to at least 10, 15 minute, minutes, or like I tell the church where I minister here in the in Houston, Texas with the Spanish uh, church, I say, well, at least take five minutes of yeah. your busy day. We all know we're busy. Mm-hmm. We all know we get into that circle, uh, that cycle. And so we want to take five, at least five minutes to study the Bible. Well, it, it requires diligence of our part. But when we don't, and we become negligent, Yeah, then it'll breed. What's the outcome? I mean, uh, uh, action, there's a reaction afterwards. That's you right. have an action, there's a reaction. Mm-hmm. It's the law of 
uh, Newton. <laughs> <laughs> for every action, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me pause just to maybe somebody's listening out there, and they hear what you're saying, and they say, you know, I get it. Uh, it's important to be biblically literate. But you sure are sounding negative, and you know the gospel's supposed to be good news, uh, and we should be talking about the love of Jesus to draw people in. And this conversation on biblical literacy is just—it really is depressing me. What would you say to them, uh, maybe to encourage yes. them that, that this is worth our time to talk yes. about? Well, th- this is something interesting, and it is it is correct. Uh, we want to encourage our listeners to study the Bible, to know that in God's Word we can find hope, we can find peace. And it is because of that that we want to uh, seek out for God. You know, uh, we, we live only once in this life, and after after death we know there is judgment, according to Hebrews 9.27. And we want to be ready for that moment. That's right. And so that's one way that we can get encouraged, be encouraged, that as I live on this life, I want to know of God's special promises to my life, promises, hope, real, everlasting, and I believe overwhelming joy and love from God. You know, there in Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, the Bible tells us that blessed, blessed is the man, the woman, you know, blessed is that person who walks not in the counsel of ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scornful. Mm-hmm. But verse 2 is a key. But he's, his delight, his love, he, his desire is in the law of the Lord. In his law, he meditates day and night. Now, what happens when we do that? This is encouraging. Listen, verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Yep. There's going to be a time in our season that maybe, you know, we'll go through trials, but when we are planted like a tree by the by the river, it will manage our way. Right. You know, through right. those trials. It wasn't our emotions that that kept us rooted. It was our <clears throat> understanding of yes. the Word of God yes. and uh, the, the peace and the joy and the hope that comes through knowing that. I think about a doctor telling me I've got a health problem. You know, nobody tells the doctor, hey, man, that was really negative that you told me I had that health problem. And I really would prefer that you just gave me good news. You know, the doctor is going to look at him and say, well, what are you talking about? You've Maybe you have high blood pressure. Maybe you have high cholesterol. If you don't take these pills, it's just going to get worse. Well, the same is true with this conversation is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to mm-hmm. only spread bad news because the gospel is good news. Everything. But part of the good news is, is understanding yes. the consequences of not challenging or, I guess, living out the life that, that God would have us to live. That's but I, right. I, I, let, let's go ahead and, and pivot towards that. Maybe that, you know, people are motivated now. They want to, uh, I guess, become more biblically literate Mm -hmm. what are some steps Mm -hmm. towards the solution yeah how do Mm -hmm. i get more literate i can read Mm -hmm. but how do i get more biblically literate okay well there there is a um a a very very simple way 
And and these steps are free of charge. There's oh. no. <laughs> we all like free stuff, right? right. So, uh, we can. My we interest can, is perked. You said free. <laughs> yeah, we want to get the audience motivated, right? I mean, we want them to get intrigued with in, in God's word. In God's word, we find the solution to to this to this problem. And and one one way is to according to Hebrews, according to Hebrews chapter three verse 12 through 13 when when we know that we have done something that it is not just just not on the mark not just it's just not right you know like a husband doing something wrong for the wife at, at the moment we might not feel uh that happy but listen you want to know what your wife likes. You want to know when she says, you know, honey, I didn't right. like that. You know, mm-mm, don't do that again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you know how to l- love her and how to make her happy. Right. So that exhortation that your wife gave you was okay. Was, I mean, was necessary so that you could experience love forevermore. Right. And that's the same way when we read Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, in chapter 3, verses 12 through 13, it talks about the necessity to exhort one another, the necessity to encourage one another. In fact, it says, so that, verse 13, you are not hardened, hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And so that is one of the reasons, you know, God has made exhortation available. Exhortation just means encouragement. Right. You know, we want to encourage one another to better ourselves to good deeds as uh, they're in that same book. But in chapter 10, verse 24, you know, it talks about steering one another, considering one another in order to stir up love and good works. So being together also with other folks uh, attending church, of course, you're going to know that, hey, there, there's going to be people that love you. They're going to be there for you. They're going to want the best for you. They're going to want to help you to right. go to heaven. That's right. You've uh, you, you've summed up a few points uh, very well. You know, I from this conversation, I take away that uh, just personally, the benefits I get from daily, or I like to call it consistent reading, mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, the, the consistent Bible reading, the, the benefits yes. I gain is, uh, you know, being rooted and established, kind of like from Psalms chapter one, being rooted uh, next to water like a tree. So I'm I'm drawing near to God through daily Bible reading. Yes. You also have touched on another solution to biblical illiteracy, and that is through the mutual edification we get from one another. Yes. Man, we've, we, we just have to have more conversations mm-hmm. about the Bible with yes. fellow Christians. You yes. know, we can talk about sports. Yes. We can talk about movies. We can talk about games. It should just be natural to talk about the Bible, too. And it doesn't have to be so, I guess, unnatural. You know, you're not going to go up to somebody with a cue card and say, <laughs> Hello, brother, tell me what book does the Bible right. say about this or that. You know, yes, it's, yes. it's it should be something that if it's a part of my life, then I'm going to come up to you at church on Wednesday or, you know, maybe the next time we see each other and say, man, I was reading in the book of Ephesians mm-hmm. and right. I was reading about how uh, Paul was praying about that the love would abound more and more through discernment yes. and this yes. and that. Um, yes. It should just be natural, I guess, is the That's my right. soapbox moment for this conversation. Well, well I remember whenever um, 
you, you know, in the year 2008, we met in Zambia, Africa. There, you, oh, you were right. there, your father, yeah. your parents, were, yeah. I was there. Brother Dwayne Permanner was uh-huh. at the moment living there. I remember uh, walking through the uh, table, the dinner table, and your dad and your and brother Dwayne Permanner, they were just talking Bible things. They were, it was natural for them. They, they didn't sit down and say, well, now from this time to this time, we're going to talk. <laughs> no, it was very natural. And right. I learned that, you know what? I, I really uh, enjoy that, uh-huh. uh, hearing them and seeing seeing that in action. Right. And and, and recently, of course, but uh, it is necessary, yes, to be constant and, and, like you said, to come out naturally speaking. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I guess for the w- one last thing um, yes. before we go, let's talk about uh, how parents mm-hmm. can work with kids towards mm-hmm. fostering biblical literacy. It's kind of a two-for-one you know, we talked about free things earlier. This is a two-for-one special. <laughs> but you're teaching your kids literacy, especially the, the younger ones who are learning how to read. Yes. But uh, biblical literacy, you know, just uh, how do we get our kids to be aware of Bible teaching? Uh, parenting is not easy. Uh, we, don't, we don't, of course, we want to get ready. Uh, and, and I believe the Bible is a source of any any knowledge that we yearn for, especially in this area of how to help our family. There, I'm reminded of this, the words uh, there in Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verses, verses 6 through 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see there, that, you know, a very, a, a very excellent practical solution, uh, very practical ways of how to uh, uh, share uh, the knowledge of God within the uh, family nucleus. It says, you know, verse verse 7, you shall teach them diligently. You were talking about consi- consistency. There you go. Uh, excellent, excellent idea because there, again, it's a, a diligent, um, in, in, in to, so that we need to be, we want to be, we want to be diligent uh, to our children to teach them in not, not only uh, uh, at a certain time, but it says, Talk to them when you sit down in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lay down, when you rise up, when you go to the store, when mm-hmm. you know uh, after church, uh, after um, school, after school, when you're bringing them home, you know you want to talk to them. Uh, find moments in your uh, daily walk. Maybe there was someone who at the at the. Uh, traveling over, coming to your house, there, a car went in, in and maybe cut you off. You know, uh, you could maybe get that uh, scenario or situation to teach your child to be patient. Ah, so yeah. biblical illiter- biblical literacy can be achieved more than just by reading the Bible with yes. your kids. You're saying you're That's you're right. living it out for them, That's and they're right. becoming more literate just by seeing your good example. Yes, yes, uh, very practical. Yes, sir. Okay. That that you know, that, I think that's an encouragement for me as a father, uh, just to know that I don't have to have my children's Bible open mm-hmm. and and reading it to them mm-hmm. twenty four hours a day. They should mm-hmm. be able to look at me in the way that I interact with others and be more biblically literate from seeing my lifestyle. Exactly, as we know, uh, the example speaks louder than words. When I became a Christian, you know, mm-hmm. when I left an age of innocence. Um, I was 11 and a half. I knew that it, I wasn't just disobeying mom and dad anymore. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I had this fear of, you know, I, I understand right and wrong. And if I'm not baptized, I'm, you know, I'm going to be lost. 
And so it was late at night. You know, all the stores were closed. And so the gift that my mom and dad gave me after I decided to become a Christian, I knew they had to have been thinking about it for a while. But I was baptized about midnight. And when, as soon as we came back from the church, you know, it's 1230 or however late. And mm. my mom and dad immediately hand me a Bible. Mm. And on that Bible is my name like printed on the front, you know, where it's printed in the letters. And what I saw whenever I got it was that my parents had been planning this and they'd been thinking about it. And it was the gift that they'd had for me for a while. And it was also symbolic. It was like, you're a Christian now and you need to be reading the Word of God Mm -hmm. in its, (laughs) you know, most understandable form in the English language. So I I guess just for for a, a personal story about the value of biblical literacy... Um, it was given as a gift on my first day as a Christian, and so I cherish it. And I hope to get to pass that along to my kids as well. That's a blessing. It it is a wonderful and awesome blessing for them to to also experience that. Yeah. Well, do you have any final words that you want to share before you go? No, no. I mean, uh, thank you once again. It was awesome to be here in your uh, program, in your show. We'll be uh, asking God so he can bless this uh, evangelistical outreach and touch many, many souls so they can come to the knowledge of God. Amen. So to be biblical literate. Well, the last thing I'll say then is Dios le bendiga. <laughs> and uh, I'll see you next time, okay? All right, brother. Thank you. Bye. I'd like to again say thanks to Daniel for coming on the show. And if you're interested in further resources from Pure and Simple Bible, please go to the website, pureandsimplebible.com. Everything there is downloadable. It's absolutely free. And it's intended to help you as a Christian or you as a Christ-seeking person to become better acquainted with who Jesus is and what he's done. Until next time, this is Jonathan Edwards. Always remember, God loves you very much, and I do too. Lord willing, see you next week. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the